the game of chess is like a sword fight. You must think first, before you move. Style is immensely strong and immune to nearly any weapon. When it's properly used, it's almost invincible. I'ma give it to you with no trivia. Roll like cocaine straight from Bolivia. My hip hop will rock and shine. And welcome to the Playoff Push podcast by the Era Score. I am Ron Brown, accompanied by Tim Brown. Hi. And Mike Forty. Hello, everyone. This is our Playoff Push podcast. That's alliteration. Three Ps. Super duper. Um, follow us at Art of Score on Twitter, um, Art of Score dot or <laughs> Word, Art of Score dot WordPress dot com. Yeah, spit it out. And on Facebook, like us, um, just search for Art of Score. We'll come up. We have a lot of friends. I'd like you to be one of our friends. Yeah. Um, if you have questions, comments, hit us up on Twitter or comment on the website or hit us up on Facebook. Either way. Um. First off, before we get into anything, uh, let's uh, let's talk about how your teams are doing. It's about that time of year, playoff time. Yeah, that's what this podcast is about. I'm uh, I'm in six leagues, and I'm actually in the playoffs in uh, three of them, so I'm batting about 500, which is pretty good considering that I feel like I have some really crappy luck this year. But uh, in the three leagues that I'm in the playoff contention for, I'm not safely in any of them. So <laughs> podcasts like this are... Uh, a good exercise for me as well, personally, because we get to try out some strategies. And, you know, there, you play fantasy football to get in the playoffs. Uh, and if you're not safely in the playoffs by this week with maybe, you know, two to four weeks remaining, depending on how your playoffs are set up in your regular season, you really need to start making some difficult decisions. So it can be fun, <laughs> but you hate kicking yourself uh, if you miss something. So, yeah, I mean, but I, I don't think any football person throughout the year matters i mean at some point someone's gonna screw something up and you're gonna you're gonna regret a move a guy you didn't pick up or a guy you did pick up or yeah you basically you know, wanna, you dropped that you know you couldn't wait on any longer you basically want to have fun but uh there there's a little bit of pressure when you're not safely in the playoffs at this point so tim what about you how are you doing Three out of my five teams are in the playoffs, which is actually yeah. pretty good. Not as good as I thought I'd be, but well, you, you know, know. it's, it's well, you always think nothing. you're going to win the championship in every one of your leagues. I mean, let's be honest. Everybody you are goes a cocky there. asshole that way. <laughs> I am, and I'm happy to say that. Yes, but you know, uh, I I have to say about about all, all three of them. I'm kind of got it that kind of safe. Um, but you know, we'll see. You know, time will tell. And the thing is, even if you're safe, which is a good thing, that you do want to look ahead to your league's playoff weeks, which we'll talk about. And even if you're safely in the playoffs at this point, you do want to not just go on autopilot from here on out. You want to be looking ahead so that if you have to make moves for those weeks, you can do it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can never just say, well, rest on your laurels. And your team is absolutely stacked, but I don't see how anybody's really is, if you, even if you are you know, like 10 and one or something like that. I mean, there's always moves to make and, you know, back end rosters to tweak. And you also have to be cognizant of if you're, once you make the playoffs, can you pick up players anymore? Right, which yeah, we'll, we'll talk about. I think yeah. We'll talk about some of that strategy, um, you know, moving forward. But uh, first thing we really want to talk about are um, guys that can help you on your, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about you, Ronald? <laughs> oh, 
Well, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm about in the playoffs in about five out of my six leagues. Yeah, uh, that's that's the real reason you brought this topic up. No, no, yeah. it's not. Not at all. A little, little self braggadocious I, I even tried to pass over it. <laughs> a little salt. I'm trying not to. You know, I outed you so that you didn't bring it up later at an inopportune time to counter an argument. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> well, I, I was going to do that anyway. But, yeah, uh, I know. So anyway, get into our redraft pickups. Um, guys that uh, yeah can help you in a, in a redraft league, whether it's a you know PPR or standard um, you know yardage touchdown scoring. Um, Mike, what do you have in terms of guys that can help? So I thought about three players. In a very shallow pool because most yeah picked up by now, and that's the whole point of this. We're, we're not digging for guys that. You know, other sites, you know, told you to pick up three weeks ago. We're actually going to give you some real advice that's actually going to help you. Yeah, I mean, the main difficulty is you're sitting here in week 12, right? And you probably have about three or four weeks, maybe two, maybe as little as two. I think most of my leagues have two weeks left of your league's regular, three, yeah. regular season. So uh, a lot of teams have made their moves in terms of free agent acquisitions and big trades. And in fact, a lot of your leagues may are, have already had their trade deadline pass. Um, but there may be a trade deadline in one of your leagues that you can take advantage of and what I would like to advance is the theory that, you know, it's very rare that you find a guy like D'Angelo Williams in like 2008 who, you know, was basically unownable <laughs> up until the later half of that season when he took teams through the playoffs. Or I think Arian Foster did it in like 2009 maybe uh, where he was basically a free agent as well and you picked him up. And so it's very rare that you get an impact guy that's going to galvanize a, a borderline playoff team into a championship team. But what you can do is augment your roster to a point where if you are a borderline playoff team, maybe you get in and maybe you get lucky. Or, or if you or are you a playoff team, sustain yeah. an injury. You know, if you yeah. do have an injury and, you, you know, it doesn't totally cripple your team, you have a guy who can step in and, you know, maybe not get you the 12 points you're used to getting, but he can get you seven, opposed to getting the guy who might get you nothing. Right. And I think, so what I did was I have three suggestions, and they're based on the, the waiver wire size, uh, roster size in your league. And who's already been taken out. I, th I would think in, in deep leagues, your best opportunity, I believe, is at the tight end position. Because the tight end position as a whole this year has had a lot of turnover. It's a very inconsistent producing position. We've seen guys like Jordan Cameron and uh, or, <laughs> or, uh, Jordan, Reed, Jordan Reed, Julius Thomas. All those guys have, you know, to, to various points of the season have come out of nowhere. Um, and I would like to advance the name Rob Hausler right now in Arizona, which might get me a little bit of flack from the Brown brothers because I've pretty much been on this guy's jock his entire career, especially since I'm a dynasty owner. I was your always kind of looking at with him is only outlasted by your love affair with Jordy Nelson. Yeah, well, I love I love me some some Jordy Nelson, but just that's can't a whole quit. Other, you just can't quit him. That's a whole other pod. We could do 90 minutes on that, but uh, no, Rob Hausler. What had happened to Rob Hausler is that he was a Sort of a trendy sleeper in the offseason, but what happened to him was he got injured early, and then the Cardinals also have a, had a problem really working him into the offense. He's not a typical inline blocking tight end, so he needs to be used more like the former uh, Aaron Hernandez or the current Jordan Reed, a guy who's going to... He needs to be put out in space. You need to put him in a slot. You need to do some bubble screens for him. You need to do some atypical tight end stuff with this guy. And the Cardinals just weren't doing it. I don't know if no, it's they're, because no, they're they lining were... him up on the line and you know having him you know just be the you know Rob Gronkowski type tight end and he can't do that. I mean I don't know if he will be able. To, but right now he just that's not what he does. He's he a big, big guy, guy but he doesn't. I mean, he, he doesn't play that, he has that like potential. That, though, you know? he's, like, he's more as yeah. He's more yeah. of a speed. Well, I mean Hernandez was kind of a big guy too, but he just wasn't that guy. He wasn't built like Gronkowski was built for the example but the point is that 
what happened was, I think because of the injury, and I think because they were putting in a new system this year with Arians, I don't think they thought enough about how they were actually going to tinker with him specifically because they were trying to tackle on a whole bunch of stuff at once. So they went into their bye two weeks ago, and they kind of redesigned some stuff. When teams go into their bye, sometimes you have the time to kind of really sit back and reflect where you are. And they had a late season bye, so it helped them out. So sure enough, coming out of the bye, he has had both his first NFL touchdown and last week he had a game, I think it was like uh, 70 yards or something like that in and out of that neighborhood. So it's now two games for him in a row with well over seven fantasy points, which doesn't sound, you know, knock your socks off. But think about that for a minute at the tight end position, the way it is now, if this guy is somebody they want to feature, even if it's somebody they want to experiment with just to see what they have, if his targets, if he's getting targeted now where he was getting targeted maybe three times a game, if his target level is now around nine to ten times a game. That's a serviceable tight end for you. A lot. <laughs> might even like, you know, he might even become your starter if you have a weak tight end at that position. So Absolutely. I think he's yeah. a guy that's probably in about 80% of your leagues on the waiver wire right now because nobody else wants to take a chance on him. If you're weak at that position, I wholeheartedly <laughs> recommend picking him up. Uh, you know, I don't foresee their offense being super consistent with Carson Palmer, but. Uh, there aren't a lot of super consistent tight ends to begin with. So I mean, at this point, you're not going to get that guy. Is really why you have to kind of dig in, dig a little deeper than you normally would to find these guys, and that's why we're kind of doing this podcast in this whole section is you know to help you strategize how you could could dig deeper and maybe pick up that guy that can carry you throughout. Yep. Um. So who else do you got? I think uh, in, in my mid-level league, so in leagues that are about, of about average size, he might be owned in some, he might not be owned in others. You're going to have to help me out with this because I always butcher this guy's name. Big Chris, Chris Obanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabanyabany
the change is already underway, and maybe your league hasn't caught on yet. Maybe they don't realize that he's a starter, you know, for quote-unquote. So you need to act on that if he's on your waivers for sure. Uh, he can be, I think in PPR leagues, he could be like a very, very poor man Shane Vereen or a very poor man's uh, Danny Woodhead. He could be a low-end RB2, depending on if your league is in a full PPR or whatever. If you're in a standard non-PPR league, he's probably a good solid flex play depending on your matchup. I mean, he did get 90 yards against the Bengals last week. So uh, that's nine fantasy points in a standard league, you know, deduct fumble. But, <laughs> but, but I mean, that's a guy that... Again, we were talking about the scarcity of players at this time of year. Where are you going to find a guy who just got a starting running back job? Too many places. And you were think, talking about someone in, in a uh, really shallow league. Someone in a really shallow league, uh, which is uh, at the wide receiver position for me, would be Marcus Colston. And this is a guy that I personally buried on our blog. <laughs> we do, we do uh, starts and sits, and we do waiver <laughs> wires, and I, I, I kind of crushed him. Rightfully yeah, so. I mean... If you really want to look at the numbers for why I buried him, he, through the first, I think, seven weeks of the season, had not broken 100 yards. Actually, for the first, and his first time over 100 yards was last week. So Yeah, it was almost 10 weeks. Yeah, yeah. so 10 weeks of, of not breaking 100 yards and only having one touchdown. In fact, they brought Robert Meacham in off the street after San Diego cut him because they were so weirded out by Colston's regression that they were looking for help anywhere. Now, part of that was probably Colston was a little banged up which is unfortunately his M.O. later in his career. But, you know, the, the difference is now is that he has put together two solid games. He had 100 and a touchdown a week, uh, two weeks ago, and he had 80 yards, I believe, last week against uh, San Francisco. So that's now two games in a row where he's been worth eight or more fantasy points in standard leagues and a, a little more in PPR leagues. And, you know, hey, is he going to be a wide receiver fantasy number one? No, but he, his target levels have increased – to where he's getting targeted, you know, eight, seven to ten times a game. And on that offense, seven to ten times a game in the passing offense, he could be a solid wide receiver, too, for you. And he's probably rostered in all leagues, but if somebody in your league hasn't caught on to the fact that he's turning it around, you might be able to put in, if you have a surplus at running back or tight end, you might be able to put in a reasonable offer for Colston, and he could well outproduce, I think, what you get back. In, in the month of October... And they had a bye week. It was only three games. He caught six passes for 44 yards. Yeah. I mean, he was the good whole at, month. <laughs> yeah, for the whole month. And, you know, before that, he actually was playing decent up until about, you know, the end of September, the first four games. But those next three games, he played absolutely awful. And I think bye week helped him heal up a little bit from, you know, from what I can tell by, you know, looking at his assist. So that's a guy that you really need to think about just because, again, with the scarcity of, like, wide receiver twos, you want a guy on the Saints offense that's going to get passes. That's football, fantasy football 101. So, you know, maybe a frustrated owner got sick of him at the end of October and cut him, and maybe he's still there in your waiver wire. It's not likely, but in shallow leagues, maybe. But again, you know, if your trade deadline hasn't passed, you yeah. might be able to offer a guy. Kind of low, yeah. For him, you know? low on him. I mean, you might be able to trade a guy like, for example, I don't know, like a, like a Danny Woodhead. Maybe your team has a surplus of running backs. and. He, you know, Woodhead's your fourth running back or your third running back or something. You might be able to give him up for Colson. It might be worth it depending on what your team is, how your team is put together. If you have a hole at wide receiver. All right, Tim, what do you got? Who are your two guys for redraft league? <clears throat> uh, one guy would probably be, uh, believe it or not, a Buffalo Bills player, Marquise Goodwin. All right. I actually think he would be actually a good pickup. Um, starting week eight, since then he's caught. Uh, He's went for 56 yards, 
64 yards and a touchdown. Then he kind of petered out and only had nine yards, and then he had 81 for a touchdown last week. Um, I think he's a good player. He's kind of catching on. First, pretty much half of the year, he's pretty much a forgotten one. I, th- I also think he was hurt. He was. Um, I think he kind of regressed, too, that uh, E.J. Emanuel was out also. But I think he's a good young player. I mean, if even in Dynasty Leagues, I think he would be a good pickup. I mean, he's, pretty, he's probably gone in Dynasty Leagues, but if he's still out there, I would definitely definitely think about picking him up. Um, I, I, like I said, I mean, his production past past four weeks has actually been pretty decent for a uh, you know someone that's out there and pretty much forgotten of, especially as a as a Bills player. Yeah, I would think. Because you don't, you know, you don't ever think of a Bills player other than Stevie Johnson. There was only a, another viable. Well, wide that's the thing. Option. I mean, it's him and then a bunch of rookies. Steve Johnson, right. and a bunch of rookies. So Robert I mean, Woods, all all of whom, all of whom, really, including Stevie Johnson, have had their injury issues this year. So I agree, Tim. I, I really liked him as a player. Uh, I thought it would take fast. a while. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much. I mean, he's not <laughs> at this stage of his career. Uh, he's not a guy that you're going to count on grabbing nine balls for you. He's not going to go out and catch those possession type of routes. He's going to be a burner, and they're going to hit him on a couple of those ones. And if it does, it, it's awesome. I, I, you know, he's on the waivers probably in your leagues because of his consistency issues. But like Tim said, if he's heating up, you know, I, I worry a little bit about it because, you know, rookie quarterback, rookie wide receiver, Buffalo in the winter, you know. Yeah, but at, at this point, I mean, if you're if you're in the playoffs, you have you. I would hope that you have somewhat of a solid roster. Oh, I agree. I, so picking him doesn't up, really hurt. You. Picking him up, you know, you know, wouldn't really hurt. Um, I mean, worst case scenario, I mean, you cut him, pick up somebody else. But I think he, I think, you know, he's been somewhat consistent over the past couple of weeks, other than that one, uh, that one two weeks ago. But I mean, I definitely think that he would be he would be good. My other one would be. Heath Miller for the Steelers. Uh, last game, he caught eight balls, 67 yards. Although before that, he really hadn't done anything. And that's pretty much the Steelers' uh, offense for the first half of the year, too. They have done nothing. Um, but I think, you know, he's been a co- consistent, consistent player throughout his years. I mean, that knee injury kind of set him back, especially, you know, the beginning of the year. But uh, I think he's a reliable option for Ben Roethlisberger since... The wide receivers, other than uh, Antonio Brown, haven't really done anything. The um, yeah, I mean, and there, there, there's no one with, behind him either. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you, you, there's oh, you have Matt Spath <laughs> or the fullback Johnson. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I I just think he's you know he's consistent. He has a good rapport with Roethlisberger. I mean, granted, the first half of the year, I mean, he only caught 33 balls for you know 341 yards, one touchdown, which doesn't sound great. But like I said, they, he's got good rapport with Roethlisberger. I hopefully they'll get their offense on track to where you know he could be a little more consistent. Right. We we yeah yeah as a as a Heath owner, you know I I like him. I mean, we caught 852. Uh, yards last year so i mean but then you know here does knee right and we, end, we but, liked him at know. the beginning of the season as a, as a sleeper, sleeper. Yeah, yeah absolutely it just took him a little longer to round into form and and part of that obviously a big part of that was the Steeler offense being a joke and having to yeah. shuffle their offensive line around and when look tight ends always suffer when the offensive line suffers because they have to stay in more and Especially someone like Keith Miller, who's a blocking tight end. You know, like we were talking about, like Jordan Reed, someone they're not going to keep him in because he's not that type of player. But you know, an inline tight end like Keith Miller. And uh, I'm going to continue 
with the tight end love. There's a lot of tight ends around here. <laughs> yeah, thanks for noticing. You've been working out. Um, is the first one I'm talking about is uh, Delaney Walker, tight end. Uh, you know, I, I had him. I was I was kind of debating whether a Delaney Walker or uh, you know or Heath Miller. Since, but I don't think Delaney Walker's a secret. I mean, no, no. But the thing is, a... he's been coming on since Jake Locker went away. Right. Well, and now that he's big gone for shock. The yeah, but now that he's gone for the season, I mean, he, that's for you, Jeff Beal. I hate, <laughs> I hate, I hate Locker. But but he's really come on. I mean, he had one bad game against the uh, you know the Cardinals, you know, where he only caught two balls. But other than that, against the you know Forty Niners, he went like five for fifty one yards and a touchdown. He's got a touchdown against Jacksonville, and then last week he caught all ten of his targets for ninety one yards and a touchdown. Touch. I mean, and to speak to his availability, he's actually he was actually out. available in Ron and mine's big money league where the tight end position actually gets a little bit of a bump in value. And, and the crazy thing is, is that's a very deep league. Yeah. And the fact that he was there, so people was are ridiculous. sort of sleeping on this guy still, even. And I, you know, part of it is that part yeah. of that is that T on the helmet. They yeah. haven't traditionally. And that two catch game a couple weeks ago probably scared a bunch of people off. But you know, that's a risk you're going to take at this point in the season. You're not going to get a guy that. Well, I mean, that's what. Yeah, you know, that's what I mean, any of them. You know, you're not going to get that guy. Um, two other guys that um, a, a current Steeler and a former Steeler that are still out there. Uh, Jericho Cotri is still available in a lot of leagues. And Crotchery, man. He's putting up some ridiculous numbers for the past Talk about weeks. a report. Like, like uh, Tim was talking about th- that they kind of had a little bit of a vacuum at the second wide receiver in Pittsburgh because of Emmanuel Sanders can't stay healthy enough to stay on the field. This guy just came in. Yeah. I'm surprised it t- it's, it's actually taken this long because he's been on the Steeler roster for couple like about three years i'm surprised it's it's taken him this well, long last to be, year he was behind you know, wallace uh, and sanders and brown, <laughs> brown, so. brown yeah yeah brown yeah Not to make an impact as a fourth wide receiver but, but i mean right now he has seven touchdowns <laughs> i mean how do you how, I mean, there's not too many ways it's you the know. year of jericho crotchery and eddie royal <laughs> <laughs> i know but i mean but he's more stable in his output than yeah royal I mean, is. you know i mean he's gonna have a four catch for 40 yards but you know if he gets that touchdown Totally changes his value, and he's definitely a capable wide receiver three flex in a certain plays. I mean, would I count on him every week? Probably not. But is he good on your bench if you need him in a pinch? Absolutely. Definitely some. I don't know. Lately, I mean, he's been some. I mean, well, he's, he's been a touchdown three straight games. Yeah. Yeah. Which you know, sneeze at that at all. And then the other one was um, he's coming off injury, and he's probably available in a lot of your leagues. And if you have an IR slot. In your league, he might not be there, but he was uh, Santonio Holmes on the Jets. He only caught two balls last week, but he had 71 yards. And I know the hammies still bother him a little bit this week. I just read a report that he was on a train bike all day today, so I have no <laughs> idea what that. And this is a Thursday, so I yeah. have no idea what that means for his availability. Fragile made a glass. Moving forward, but he is the, he's yeah, far and they, away their best offensive player. And you got that Stephen Hill. They're not too happy no, with Stephen Hill. They're ready to bench him. They just so, demoted him, actually. Yeah. I just saw the thing. But here's the thing about, uh, you know, people are like, oh, I'm worried about Holmes. You know, he only had two catches, even though they were 71 yards. He was targeted eight times yeah, in that game. Exactly. So you, you don't, that, yeah. with the wide receivers and tight ends, and this is football 101 that, you know, we probably should have covered three, four, five, seven podcasts ago. But with wide receivers, you don't always want to look at the catch numbers. Yeah, sometimes they're indicative of a player. If a player's not catching a lot of passes, he might be a problem. But I want to know what his targets are. How many times did they involve him in the offensive plan? Because what happens with the wide receivers is because the nature of the position is inconsistent, 
you want to know how much they intended to use the guy because if they intend to use the guy a lot week to week, eventually it's going to pay off. Because I mean that, that that speaks to his potential output, and you can't have potential output unless he gets the opportunity, you know. And that's why running backs are always valued over wide receivers most of the time because they get the touches, which they is more guaranteed. opportunities. Yeah. yeah, they have guaranteed. And that's kind of how it works, but you know. Forty's right. I mean, you really have to concentrate on targets as much as anything else. And you know, the Jets' offensive line—if you have watched that game—they're terrible. You just got to throw that game out the window. And Holmes has a really good rapport with Geno Smith, which is important because if Geno feels like he's the safety valve, that's even better for Holmes's value. So he didn't play a lot. I mean, he got hurt in the middle of the season, you know, uh, but when he was playing, he had some good games early. So I, I totally agree with that pickup for depth for sure and uh next we wanted to talk quick on some dynasty pickups that you might want if you're in a dynasty or maybe a, a multiple keeper league where you keep maybe half your team i'm not sure what you yeah, keeper rules i mean they're, they're they vary so much it's really hard but and, it, and the thing is that we would talk about with this is that so in some redraft leagues although you're competing you your waiver pickups might not be that important because you may be out of it and there may be nothing you can really do you might want to screw a guy like tim loves to play spoiler right tim you love to steal guys i love knock, to knock those yeah. guys out so you love beating guys to the waiver wire but in reality well it's all you have when you're not winning it's, <laughs> it's pretty much all you, all you play yeah. for anyway but so. when you're in a redraft league and your team is bad your waiver pickups are not so important but if you're in a dynasty league and the waiver wire is still open this is where you plan, or a keeper league, this is where you plan for next year, in 2015 and 2016. So these are some guys that, while they may not help your fantasy playoff run this year, they could be playoff guys year, in 2014, yeah. 2015, stuff like that. So these are much more important. You know, when you're out of it in a dynasty league, it's much more important to still manage your roster. Than yeah. I mean, when you sleep on that, that's why your team stinks every year, is because you don't make those small moves that could really be big moves. I picked up I have my yeah. best story is I picked up Arian Foster in week yeah, I think thirteen yeah, uh, one year when I was kind of out of it just to roster him and thank Yeah. Ron, you picked up uh what was it, Demirius. Yeah, I picked up De- so, about halfway through all yeah, the waivers. Yeah, I mean and that was ridiculous because the guy just gave up on him after a year and a half, but still, you know, you pick it happens in some leagues and you know it, So we're not guaranteeing these I mean, guys so, are gonna be future stars, but they're worth speculative picks because one of them will eventually pop out if he's yeah. there. Especially I mean, if you have, you, yeah, you know, if you have you an had, older roster and you really want to turn it over with some young guys. These are most of them are these are younger players that could really help you moving forward. Especially if you're really out of it. I mean it's better to start, you know, giving a chance on some of these yep. younger guys and maybe they blossom halfway the other half of Sweet. the year and then you could and then trade bait later on or keep them on your roster but it gives you that that You want to cut out those dead pretty- guys that, you know, either they've reached their ceiling or you can't wait on them any longer. Uh, Tim, who do you have? Who, who's your couple guys for uh, dynasty pickups? Uh one of them was Niall Davis. Yep. For the Kansas City Chiefs, he uh yeah, you know he's sitting behind Jamal Charles, and they're using actually Jamal Charles a lot more on goal line and stuff like that, which I'm actually surprised about. But I, I think they're fairly happy with him there. Uh, but I think eventually they're going to have to start going uh, use two running backs there, one one for the goal line, and I, you know, being a rookie, it might take him a while. But I think he yeah, he, he might be you, out you there. You might have to, he's yeah, and you up. might have to pay a little bit for him if you are going to do it in a trade. But he's probably worth a third second round pick in a dynasty league and i would say his value now is probably about as low as it's going to be because charles is having such an excellent year 
So it, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't hurt to move. Like if you're if you're a non-contending team in dynasty, it doesn't hurt to move a running back who's approaching thirty or a wide receiver who's approaching thirty-one for a speculative pickup like a Niles Davis if the owner is willing to do it. You know, float it out, see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Who's your other? The other one was Mike Brown for the Jaguars. Oh, yeah, I like Mike Brown. You love them damn Jaguars. <laughs> I just like his name because his name was yeah. Brown. Jaguars. No, I mean, I think I think he's a, you know, they, they picked him up, you know, off of waivers and stuff like that. I, I think he, he'll be a good pickup once they get a quarterback and some consistency on offense. He's had some you know? decent games. I mean. And with, so, and with yeah. Blackman's I mean, future uncertain and. Absolutely. You know, and he's and his shorts actually complaining about not seeing enough balls, which you is know, hilarious. I mean, who knows if he's yeah, I mean, on the team, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I hope they they keep all of them. But at the same time, I, I think that, uh, you know, him. I also I also kind of like a Sanders on the team, too. I actually own him in one of the yeah. dynasty. Leagues. Yeah, he has more catches. So than I, I, I like his potential. He I has mean, about 30 catches. The interesting thing with the Jaguars is that they have a lot of the same level type of guys that are coming along at the same time. None of these guys have, a, they don't have like a Jimmy Smith, like old school, like veteran guy there. So any one of these guys could they, carve you know, their own role out. And the funny thing is like throughout the years, they never have, they've always stuck with young guys. I mean, whether whoever they had and uh, Matt, Matt Jones. You know, once they get a quarterback and they get, you know, yeah, <laughs> the uh, offensive line, too. I mean, they do have their I mean, they traded Eugene Monroe away. Well, they, and they, then uh, Luke Jokel gets hurt. And, you know, are you uh, sure you don't have a Carol? Uh, you, are you sure you don't have a Jaguars jersey on right now? No, his wife has season tickets. So. I do not. <laughs> I just, I just, I just pity the Jaguar fans, and I want them to absolutely root for something. You do have potential. The on one your note team. about Mike Brown, though, too. I mean, they have, they have, a, they have a lot of potential on their team, and that's that's what the, kind of the frustrating thing is. I think they have a lot, a lot of good young talent. It's just they're, they're just so inept offensively. I think, well, I think with pathetic. Mike Brown, you have a decent point in the sense too that he is actually hurt right now. He's kind of dealing with a shoulder issue that may limit his playing time. Yeah, he's got an AC sprain so or he whatever it even, is. He, I mean, he's probably on your waiver wire in Dynasty, and he probably can be had very very cheaply if somebody has him. So that's another good buy low. And I guarantee, I guarantee you virtually nobody has him on the roster. So, I mean, I can... So I think uh, I think we'll go on to my guys now, which I, I took a different approach to this question. Uh, we, we've been kind of looking at it from the... You pick coaches. Yeah. <laughs> picked offensive linemen. <laughs> uh, no, I, I took it from the uh, – my two guys are going to be pretty much the – they're going to be owned. But my point is that this is going to be the lowest value that they're ever going to be owned at. So, you know, these are two guys that are not going to perform for you this year, so you can only make these deals in Dynasty. But I – first guy is Trent Richardson. Highly, highly controversial – things going on and you know his value is never going to be lower coming into the season he was a first round draft pick in like redraft leagues where guys were like you know he's gonna when he was with cleveland oh he's gonna get 300 carries oh yeah yeah know. absolutely he was i mean he was a first second round pick in most most uh, redraft leagues so you know what's happened uh it's been a product of him struggling but it's also been a product of indianapolis and i want to i want don't want to go off on a huge rant here but indy is really in my opinion mismatching <laughs> you know they're mismanaging a lot of their talent, and 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 Richardson's kind of been a victim of it. Now, yes, they have injuries. The Reggie Wayne thing killed them, and 
you know, they don't have the best offensive line in the world. But I don't – what's the uh, – is it Charlie Pepra? Who's the, who's the offensive coordinator? Who's the <laughs> offensive coordinator there in name oh, only? Pep uh, Hamilton. Pep Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, that guy from, uh, is awful. Stanford. It's awful. You have, a, you have a Ferrari as your quarterback, and you use him as a freaking Volvo to go from – I mean, if you Volvo owners, don't, <laughs> don't, don't get crazy. But you use him to go to the store and not get hit by other guys. It's ridiculous. And then they have this running game. They go out and pick up a power back, and they run this stupid, <laughs> sweet bullshit that doesn't that doesn't play to his strength. So my point in this, my point in this is that his value is never going to be lower because owners are so frustrated with him right now that you might want to take a chance on this guy. Because I'll tell you what, even though Donald Brown, you can point to that as outperforming him right now, Donald Brown doesn't have a contract next year. Ahmad Bradshaw got hurt. He's never playing football again. And Vic Ballard is about as underwhelming an, uh, another guy on that team as you can have. So the issue... And Donald Brown's from UConn. I liked, named the last UConn player that was... Viable. I like Donald Brown, but... The, the, and, he's, and he's having... <laughs> yeah, well, you own him he, too. And he ha- but he's having a good year. <laughs> but my point is that he's not going to be on the team next year. They traded a number one pick for this guy. He's part of their future. And if you believe that the Colts have a great star in Andrew Luck, and if you believe that they have a potential to be an off- awesome offense, why wouldn't you want a guy who's going to be their future running back. So buy low. You know, he's not going to be super low. (laughs) You're not going to be able to steal him from another dynasty owner, but it's going to be as low as it's going to get. So that's my one. And then the other thing following sort of the same thing as low as it's going to get is Hakeem Nicks. I can't imagine this guy having a worse season. Oh, my God. He hasn't caught a touchdown yet. You know, we're we're, we're 10 weeks in and he's low. But here's the thing I'll say about him. He's 25 years old. He's he's, a 25. He's a free agent. And he's got... He's like he's perpetually hurt. That's the that's the only that's another thing that brings right. him down. Right, and that, and that's part of the risk that you take in acquiring him. But that's also something you can use to the owner that has him to say, "Hey, this guy's hurt. You don't know who he's going to be with next year because he's you know he's a free agent, and the Giants aren't going to pay him that money to come back. You can you can scare him, Tim. You can say, "Hey, maybe you're going to wind up on the Jaguars." But you don't you know like you can, you can say like maybe he's going to wind up in a terrible situation, and he might. But my point is, he's 25 years old. He's got plenty of talent. He does have health issues. If your trade deadline hasn't passed in your dynasty league, it's worth taking out. Like again, it's worth taking. A, I'm trading a guy like maybe I'll trade a guy like Anquan Bolden or a guy like I don't know. Maybe you have to come a little harder than that, but some someone who's a veteran at wide receiver that you can swap for a guy who's having a bad year, who but who's still young. Yeah, I mean, in in who knows where he goes? I mean, maybe he goes. He hit the to jackpot. It. He could hit the jackpot. He could he could go to Indianapolis. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? And then, you know, providing he stays healthy, I mean, he's definitely a talent. Um, Moving along those lines before I get to my uh, my younger guys, but one guy whose value is really low is Julio Jones coming off an injury. He's another guy. Julio. He's never going to be lower than he is right now because he's hurt. Yeah. And if you get a guy and, and you, you. I think it'd be tough to probably definitely away, have though. to give up a lot to get him, but it's less than what you'd have to give up if he was healthy. That's true. <laughs> it depends how much you want to commit to it. I mean, again, it you know, a lot of these trades depend on on personal perspective when you deal with two people and and what that personal team is made out of. If the Julio Jones owner has a stacked team, what's I'm saying, he might go for he it. He might be frustrated with it. He might want to get rid of that guy, so. Um, the other two, I have two tight ends for uh, next year. Uh, one's uh Ladarius Green tight end out of San Diego. Um, Antonio Gates is like 33 years old. He's having a good season, but you're starting to see Ladarius Green play more and more. I think he had four catches last week. Um, he's real athletic. He kind of reminds me of Julius Thomas, actually, the way his size, speed, you know, ratio. 
I just wish they'd use him more. Well, I mean, I think it's, it's because of Gates' renaissance. It's only, yeah, absolutely it is. Well, I think their offensive line isn't all no, that great either. It's, so it's understandable. It's only his second year in the league. Like, he's starting to get more and more. I was trying to pry him away from the owner in our dynasty league, and he wouldn't go for it. <laughs> you know, I offered him up to probably a third-round pick, and he still wouldn't pick in a player, actually, and couldn't move him. The next one is uh, Luke Wilson, tight end out of Seattle. He's a rookie, and he's real fast. He ran a 4-5-1-40 coming out of... Uh... It's Arizona, right? No, he, he, was, um, he was Vance McDonald. He was on opposite of Vance McDonald coming oh, out of Rice. Oh, nice. And he has about 12 catches this year. Not a lot. But the reason I think he has great potential, and he's probably out, he might even be out on your waiver wire in Dynasty, is Zach Miller is owed about $9 million last year, and I don't know if they're going to pay him that. So if they actually cut I Zach Miller, Luke Wilson's the starter in Seattle. But- and he's still not a great they have play because An- they don't use the tight end. Well, that's time. that's what I was going to ask. But but don't they also have Anthony McCoy yeah, there he's too? He's coming off an injury. He tore his Achilles. Okay. I I don't mind the speculative ad there. I I wonder though, like you just kind of voiced, is like you're a Seattle fan. When's the last time you saw them feature a tight? I mean, John Carlson had one monster. John monster Carlson year. Is like his his rookie yeah, well, year. Well, the thing is, Zach, they value Zach Miller's blocking so much. Yeah, they I mean, don't the run him a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think it's basically more because of Zach Miller's skill set blocking more than the scheme of the offense. And Zach Miller is a, is a fantastic, you know, re- uh, receiver as a tight end, too. He is, but he actually has more value. I mean, he, if you go back and watch I mean, NFL Rewind, he knocks so many dudes over in the run game, it's ridiculous. He's an awesome blocker. So, you know, when you're, you know, you run 48% of the time, I mean... You know, fortunately, you don't get points for blocking. No, not in fantasy. Pancake blocks, like, <laughs> like in Madden when they keep that stat. Yeah, which is just totally, <laughs> it seems totally arbitrary to me. Fake pan, fake. Because your wide receiver always has more pancakes. Ah, offensive lineman. Love me some pancakes. And anyway, um, ne- the real next part is playing matchups and how playing matchups at this point in the season might be more valuable than trading for a big player or sticking with what you have and hoping it works out yeah so this is the more philosophical uh you know kind of tips for your it all depends on your team it absolutely depends on your you're not gonna not start frank gore because he has a bad matchup or, yeah i mean let's be unless you're here. completely jacked up at running back but so i mean i, I think the first thing we, we wanted to talk about was like you know uh, we, you know, we came into the season thinking it was very deep at quarterback, and what ended up actually happening is the quarterback position has it's, been, yeah, has been very inconsistent, very inconsistent. You know, you had Matt Ryan take a big hit right out of the top ten. You had a bunch of other guys kind of slide down. Brady, even RG three, even though he's getting his junk points, <laughs> they're all sliding down that thing. So, so when you drafted your your quarterback and you you felt pretty good about it. You might be looking at this point of the season, maybe you have a solid team, but maybe every week you're agonizing over having to put Matt Ryan in there or every week having to put, you know, whomever in the lineup, having a, you know, like choice between like, let's say Matt Ryan and Big Ben and who you play. Yeah. So at playoff time, that becomes, oh man, does that amplify stuff? I mean, that just. Oh, it's terrible. I mean, especially if you get negative points. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you get negative points, you know, for interceptions and fumbles, I mean, especially with, you know, Matt Ryan having a terrible offensive line and, you know, Ben having the same kind of problems. I mean, it's like. Yeah, yeah where do that's, you go? That's a tough, that's a tough, <laughs> I mean, like for 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 me, this is my own personal philosophy and these guys can talk about what they do. 
unless you have two guys that are comparable talent wise, I always take the talent because I always, you know, that old expression, you know, you, you go with the horses that got you, you know, to the thing, you go with the dance with the guy who brought you to the ball. Is that yeah. word for word? Dance with the guy. You know, you <laughs> dance, dance with the girl. You dance with the guy. <laughs> no, they used to say it for the guy. It's for the girls. You know, you're a pretty prom dress. You're a pretty playoff team, and you want to, you know, you don't want to leave the guy hanging because look, he brought you to the. He dance. brought you there. Give him the shot. Here's the thing. A friend of mine last week, for example, give him a hand job in the bathroom. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. No, like, here's the thing. I actually had this question last week, uh, which we should have. I should have got him to post it on the blog. It would have been better. But he asked me, you know, uh, should I start Tom Brady or should I take a chance on, you know, Case Keenum this weekend? And I said, look, if the matchup is not great for Tom Brady, they were playing the the Panthers. Panthers, But I said, look, his wide receiver core, his receivers are the healthiest they've been all season. Okay, you've got Case Keenum who started a grand total of three games and he's looked okay. (laughs) He hasn't looked you know, dominant outside of that one game where he hooked up with Andre Johnson twice yeah. because the guy was wide open. I said, I, I said, how would you like it this way? You can lose this game with Tom Brady and just be like, hey, it wasn't my week. It was a tough matchup. Or you can lose it with Case Keenum while Tom Brady's on your bench. And then if Tom Brady outperforms Case Keenum, how do you, how do you live with yourself? How do, you, yeah. how do you go on? And that's always my philosophy with these quarterback things is like, can I live with it if the guy has a stinker? Versus the other guy, because I didn't see it coming. You always but, I mean, play the problem. Just, just, I mean, well, I, I don't see where you would ever not start. I know, you're a Patriot, truly. I mean, I mean <laughs> but just think of it. No, no but no, I mean, just think about it. Think about it. Tom Brady has had 10 years of proven offense. 10 years in case Keenum has had five games. Three games. Maybe. Oh, five games. So, so I mean, just in the totality of the to both players, just think of that. Yeah, and, that's, and then make your decision. And that's come playoff time that you are going to be faced with something like that. You're going to be faced with the hot, you know, player of the day, the guy that just had a big game last week, or you know, the veteran guy who you thought was going to be good but maybe has underperformed a few weeks. Can you live with it if you make the risk and you, you know, that's a personal thing. That's what we we're talking about teams makeup. For example, if I had Tom Brady versus Nick Foles, I might start Nick Foles based on the matchup right now, and that's that has, speaks nothing about experience. It speaks to only how they're playing right now. No, but that's but that's based off of you know several games. Right. No, I agree. I'm just I'm just putting it out there that yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I that's that's, that's still a tough call. As well as Nick Foles has been playing with 16 touchdowns and no interceptions, that's still, you know, and hammer's it, still going to drop on. But that I think game. that's you know you're going to have those decisions at every position. You're going to have that choice at running back. You're going to have it at wide receiver. You're going to have it at tight end. It's more pronounced at quarterback because quarterbacks score so much, and because you only start one of them, so you don't have like a another wide receiver or another running back in the lineup to offset your bad choice. <laughs> um, but. You know, and then the other thing we were, we were talking about was the defenses, right? I mean, yeah, rotating. I mean, this is basically just rotating any players, but I mean, specifically defenses, because this is what those to me are the easiest to, to oh, rotate yeah. in because those do match. Those change. Like we talked about this in the the uh, preseason. Defenses are so hard to predict because the nature of the position. You know, you have basically eleven guys first of all, but it's so hard to pe- scoring systems are so individual. Leagues defensive scoring are so. You know, so personalized <laughs> to that individual. Well, thing. defense is I mean, worth yeah. 15 points in one league and five in another on the same week. You know, so you have to know that scoring system. But don't have any fear about playing defensive matchups. I always play defensive matchups yeah. in, oh, the, in the playoffs I mean, all the time. You have to. I mean, uh, you can't just. You <laughs> know. I mean, uh, I mean, when you're when you're if you are in the playoffs, you can't. I mean, uh, you, 
you can't just play stick with one team. I mean, it's one and done in the playoffs. Oh, and that's the you have to put your best. Your, you know, your best. Like you're not going to start any defense against the Saints, no matter who they are. You're not. That's why if you have that's why you if you have if you have the room on your roster, if if you can carry a third defense, or at least look at the matchups that the that the free agent defenses are going to have. Absolutely. And. Well, and look, kind of look in the future of it, and just. I mean, we'll give you a perfect example. Ron and I just did this in our uh, big. You did the exact same money. thing you're talking about, Tim. Yeah, yeah, we looked at it and we said, "Hey, you know, we need a backup defense first so of we all." We have Carolinas. We have Carolinas our starter. We need a backup defense. Is there a way that we can do this with just one secondary defense? And you know what? We looked ahead to our playoff weeks, and in one of the playoff weeks, both defenses that we were going to. One, the one that we had, the Panthers, and the one that we were going to pick up. Carolina was playing the Saints in New Orleans or something, and then. The Lions were playing. We were going to pick up the Eagles as well. The Eagles have been playing a lot better. The Eagles were playing the Lions, uh, so we didn't like that matchup. So we went to the Buccaneers, and we decided that, hey, we would pull the gun. We would find the roster space to carry both the Buccaneers and the Eagles so that we could play. I think, This defense is playing very well. Yeah. I think the Panthers right now, you know, they're a must-start except against the Saints. So we'll probably use the Panthers – Two to three more games this year. We'll use the Eagles once or twice, and we'll use the Bucks once or twice. But absolutely, each one of those weeks is so vital to what we're trying to do. We're trying to get in the playoffs, and then we're trying to win the playoffs that we can't just, for that one week, go with an okay defensive matchup, in our opinion. We have I mean, to go we, with a great defensive we, matchup. The, I mean, we have two weeks left in this, in that particular week, and we have to win both games to be in it. I mean, right now we're in the thick of it, and... There's a way we can get in if we win one and lose one, but if we win both, we're definitely in. And mixed matching defenses is going to give us, hey man, it might give us two extra points, but those two extra points might be enough. We won by one point last week, basically on Carolina. That interception that was uh, <laughs> that was allowed, you know, because of the whole Gronkowski uh, pass interference that wasn't called thing. I mean, that won us that that game. And what was cool is that you know with defenses. You are going to have a lot of waiver options usually because people don't like to carry more than one or two defenses. And people forget that, you know, team defenses, when you go to the waiver wire, you can't look at the totals. It's almost like with wide receivers, you got to look at the targets. How is the defense doing lately? I love what the Eagles are doing lately. And what the Eagles are doing lately makes them an awesome sleeper defense. So if they're out there in your waiver wire and you have a room for them, they have like a week 15 matchup, which would be a playoff weekend for you guys. They have against Minnesota. They're playing a really. Uh, they I have a really. One of them has Jacksonville, I think. Yeah. So I, I think forgot which one. The, the uh, Bucks have Jacksonville, I believe. Uh, so I mean, they have those. You know, those are the type of things you look at. Look at your defense now. Even if you have a solid defense, like Ron and I have the Panthers, start looking at your backup defense and what weeks your backup defense has in the playoffs, because there's a there's a very easy thing that you can tinker with that might make a very dramatic difference in how you play your games. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And there's one other thing I want to touch on as you are going towards your playoffs. If your rosters lock out before the playoffs and you can't pick anybody up, it might be worth rostering two kickers because if your kicker somehow gets injured, you might not have a kicker for a playoff game. Yeah, and if you it don't sucks. Lose, I hate rostering two kickers. It's one of my least favorite things in the but whole if you, world. <laughs> but if you lose a playoff game because you don't have a kicker, you're going to be even more mad at yourself. So if it's all possible, you might want to think about cutting some guy who's underperforming and pick up a second kicker just in case your primary kicker gets hurt. And I would like to say this, you know, this is the time, you know, this is week 12. This is the time to do your playoff team review. Even if you're not in the play, even if you haven't guaranteed yourself a playoff spot, this is the time to think about the playoffs. It's too late 
the week before the playoffs start to start thinking about how your playoff roster looks because by that time other teams in your league have thought about how their playoff rosters looked and they've made all the moves they've they've made all the defensive pickups they've made all the flex position playoffs that have good that uh have good matchups you can't wait until the week before like you would with every other week you have to kind of we're two or three weeks out in standard leagues from playoff starting you get, it's playoff time now baby you, you got to think about shaping your roster now yeah I, it's Absolutely. I mean, I mean, the thing with everything we do and talk about here is really planning more than just for that week or one week ahead. You have to go set several moves ahead. And I know it's difficult for some people because they have jobs and kids and all that stuff. But if you really want to be successful, set aside 15 minutes a day to just do a little extra research for it. You know, maybe before you go to bed or get up a little earlier in the morning if you really want to win, because little things like that are really going to help you. In fantasy, or while you're, or at, while work, you're at work, for that matter, you have the time or the ability, <laughs> or just call one of us on the cell phone and leave me 16 text messages and never post on my website. Just ask, <laughs> just ask me for my free advice, anyways, but not on my website where it would do me any good. Thanks, because honestly, thanks, guys. We, <laughs> we get so many just you know texts and you know who should I do and people asking me at work and stuff. I'm like, well, you just go and ask us on Twitter. It just looks so much better than me telling you via text message. <laughs> yeah rant by by the way would you like to give them our contact info again yes i think i will do that you can uh, find us on facebook at art of score you can go to our website artofscore.wordpress.com or hit us up on twitter which is at art of score that's where you can find us and uh you know just one note about the website is that we are trying to constantly update contact it's been a little cra- content it's been a little crazy lately but the stuff that we do put up there is uh it's pretty been right good on. we do we do we it's do rich. ads and drops every week we do uh you know we do sits and starts when when we can do it we review our work and you know it's usually comes out pretty good in our favor um yeah we actually have been really on it for most of our um you know start and sits i mean i, I would say we're probably up around 70% like of we really don't, I mean, there's some duds that happen, but that happens with anybody. But more or less, if you look at that and go back and look at what we told you to do versus what produced, and we're, we're pretty accurate. And we're here to help, so we would love actually personal questions on that website or on Twitter or on Facebook. Any of the places that you can reach us, we'll try to help you out. Um, last segment right here is um, stock up and stock down. This is my favorite. This is like the old Roman gladiator. Thumbs up, thumbs down, sucker. Execute these. <laughs> Two men enter, one man leave. And this is st- like Thunderdome, dude. I wasn't actually clear on this before we started. Are we going to do the 2013 value of these guys up and down, or are we going to do the 2013 and the dynasty value of these guys? Well, I think we can do both. I mean, some of the guys' dynasty value isn't really going to change all that much. So, I mean, if you want to touch on dynasty value, if it's really something talking about, we can go over it. Okay. But if it's just kind of stagnant and really not going to change that much, we could just kind of gloss over it. I like this. See, we're letting you into the creative process right on the right on the fly. <laughs> on the fly. Behind the scenes. Like peeking in Tim's closet. Not, not recommended. Yeah, it's weird. And not finding anything. A skeleton. Um, so first up, stock up, stock down. We're going to do running backs, and I'm going to get all three of your guys' opinion right off the bat. First one, Ryan Matthews. Him, stock up, stock down. Or would you like me to – do you need some facts to make this decision? For, rattle rattle mm. something off. Yeah, before, before Tim answers, let, let me give you some relevance to that. 
first of all, Ryan Matthews is not going to be allowed in any church in America right now because his total rushing yards on the season right now are 666. Oh, my God. Which is insane. He has uh, 666 yards rushing, two touchdowns. He's also had a 10 catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown. So he's actually one of the guys that we, we thought was a you know a fourth-round sleeper is actually kind of living up to it. Oh, I, I think he's more than doing I mean, he's, I think, top 10 in the league in rushing. Yeah, for yardage, yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you say he's due? Due? No. I said he's top 10 in the league in rushing. <laughs> due. Oh, okay. I don't know. Uh, okay. <laughs> he, you know, the thing is, he is... Uh, He's reliable right now for me. This is my opinion on this guy. He's reliable right now. He's not going to wow you. He's a great RB2. Uh, his last five games, this is pretty good. His, pretty, <laughs> yeah, pretty his precious. last five games, he's only really had w- one done. And that was against Washington where Washington pretty much took him out of the game plan because there was so much scoring in that game that they had to go to the more passing down back, which was Danny Woodhead and that. So he only had seven carries. But his other carries total is 22 for 102. 21 for 110 and a touch, 14 for 59, but he did add a touchdown that was against the Broncos. And then just last week, 19 for 127 yards. Uh, he's doing it. I'd like to see his, I'd like to see his touchdown numbers Finally. go up. Now, for me, is his stock up or is his stock down? That's tough. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a, almost yeah. like a hold. It's well, kinda, because I don't think if you look either. at his next five games, he doesn't have a lot of really premier rushing matchups, unfortunately. He has... The Chiefs this week, the Bengals the week after. He's got a good matchup then against the Giants, but then he's got a tough matchup against the Broncos, and he's got the Raiders. So if you're looking at playoff weeks, in your championship game, he would play the Raiders, which is pretty good. But in the playoff week, like 15, he would be playing at the Broncos. That's a tough one. And if you need to win to get in, or if you have a wild card round week 14, he's against the Giants. So that's a good one. So two out of his three potential playoff matchups are good, unless you're in one of those idiots who plays in week 17, and then he's got the Chiefs. But... Bottom line is, I, I, I agree, Tim. I don't, I don't think there's much movement there. I think from the, from the beginning of the season, I would say his stock has gone up a little bit because he's out, he's out, oh, he's yeah, out produced a little bit. But I think current... He stayed healthy. He stayed well, no, healthy. I, I don't think he had any real... Expe- no one had any like, high expectations of him, really. I think that they thought, well, you know, he... You know, he I might don't know get if I'm drafting. Yeah, but I mean, he's on, he's on his way to that. And if I'm drafting in the fourth round, this is exactly what I wanted out of him. Right. And that's what I mean. We're, Forty and I took him in that league where we have the Carolina's defense, and he's do, he's done exactly what we wanted every week for him. You know, seven to twelve points, and you know he'll get a touchdown once in a while, but he's consistent. I honestly thought. I mean, he's a pretty good receiving threat. I, I honestly thought uh, he would have more uh, receiving yeah, yeah. catches. I mean, I think like I, I think that's it, Tim. I think he he is a talented wide receiver. Uh, wide receiver. He's a talented receiver back. But when you have Woodhead there, that's that's Woodhead's whole domain. I mean, that's that's what he's yeah. going to do. So yeah. Um. So I think that's I think that's a consensus from all of us that we like him, and he's got some. He doesn't have a great schedule coming up, but he's got a good enough schedule where you can definitely continue to ride him. Um. So yeah, I would say stock up from the start of the season, but you know lately it's been holding steady, which is good. And a guy who's playing right now, Mark Ingram. <laughs> 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 Down. It's so far down. He should be see, buried alive. I think, see, I totally disagree. I, I totally disagree can, as well. You could get this guy on your waiver wire now, and he will get you six to ten points a game, depending if he gets in the end zone or not. He won't get you six to ten points in the next wow, three games. We have games. three very different opinions here. Tim Tim is totally writing him off as anything. Ron thinks he's going to get you six to ten, which I think is a little insane. I, I, mean, I you think t- you... 
I think okay. he scores a touchdown. I think look, he at, look, at, look at his remaining schedule. I think you, I think you pick him up off his monster game two, two weeks ago, and I think you sell him. That's what I, <laughs> see, I, that's, see, I would do that too. I don't have a problem with that. So we kind of have three different opinions there. He's a, sell, he's a sell stock for me, but I'm not picking him up to sell him. If I have him, I'm selling him. Because, like Tim just alluded to, his upcoming he schedule is a nightmare. Seattle. Yeah. He's, play, he's playing the Falcons right now. In the Bucks. Then he's playing at Seattle, which has been a little worse against the run than you expected, but they're still a solid team. Panthers are great against the run. The Rams against the run. The Panthers against the run. And then if you somehow have your championship game in Week 17 and you have Mark Ingram on your roster <laughs> and you think you're going to put that guy in the game, he's got the Bucks. So, right. I mean, like, <laughs> well, honestly, if you're in your championship game, you're starting Mark Ingram. I mean... God. So we've kind of we've kind You're of been hammering on this guy all. I mean, let's let's really put on why we're talking about it. Two weeks ago against the dreadful, the Cowboys are the one outlier on this whole thing. The Cowboys give up so many big games to all these fantasy players that you can't accurately judge no, a player okay. by. It. For example, before he his last five games, four for nineteen yards against the Jets, right. Then he go, then he goes Tough. off for 14 carries for 145 yards and a touchdown, two catches for 15 yards versus the Cowboys, right? Then he has he follows that up with a six for 25 performance <laughs> and a one catch for four yards against the Niners last week. So the Cowboys game is the outlier. If you could have sold them after the Cowboys game, you should have. If you can still sell them now, you should have. Uh, this guy's stock to me is so goddamn low that like he only got a bump from the Cowboys. You better get rid of him. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Next up, another his former running mate, Chris Ivory. Ugh. Chris Ivory. Now I'll let Tim start with this one because Low. he sounds audibly disgusted with him. But <laughs> low. I mean, the guy's so inconsistent. It's uh, his. I mean, he's got 467 yards. Most of that came in the last two exactly. games. Exactly. He's stocked. He had 140. <sighs> here's no. here's. But I, you're right. No, you're right. I mean, he has been before those two last two weeks. He's had some pretty terrible performances. However, I mean, in three of his last five games, he's broke. Well, no, three. In, Close to it. Yeah. He, I mean, he had 98 yards last week. So let's call it, you know, let's call it three of his last five games. He's been effectively over 100 because he had 98 yards, you know, last week. But he got a touchdown to make up for it. It's philosophically the difference. It's the same thing with Rob Hausler. It's the same thing with Colson. He's starting to become involved more. The Jets went through this bullshit period where they decided Bial Powell was a I mean, running back. And, and to be fair, and to be fair, Chris Ivey looked terrible in the preseason because he, he was hurt, and he looked terrible the first few weeks of the season because he's hurt. And, yes, Tim's going to bring up the fact that he's fragile, and I get that. He's, this is the problem. This is why the, a lot of these guys are available because they're, they're fragile or whatever. But, I mean, to me, he's red hot. <laughs> yeah, that's that's he has always stock is way up. Look at his look at his remaining schedule at the Ravens. I get LeBron. if you're gonna trade him. Yeah, you could trade him too. His value is really high. Wait, I would keep him. You know how hard running back time to get at this point in the season. I think I think you do. If keep you him. actually held on to him all season, don't trade him. Just keep him. I mean, that's what you've been waiting for all season. I I agree. I mean, I think he's got look, man. He's got a game against the Ravens, which is uh, he might he might suffer a little bit. Then he's got the Dolphins, the Raiders, the Panthers is a no start. The Browns is an uh, it's a tough one too. His the one thing I would say about him is that his he probably will help you get in the playoffs. I don't know that he's going to help you that much in the playoffs because he does have the Brown, he does have the Browns, which are a very underrated defense, and the Panthers in the playoffs, which would be tough for you. Yeah, no, it's a, that's, those are tough plays. But I mean, but to lock him down as a flex or a second running back, he's well, great. What right? if your guy gets injured? Your main guy gets injured, and yeah. he's your fourth running back, and you have to flex it. Use him a flex. I mean, that's, that's stock that's up, it. Timothy. I know he's a Jet, and you can't you can't deal with that. But I'm th- <laughs> I'm thumbing that guy. 
I'm giving that guy that big thumbs up. All right, the next one, Ray Rice. Listen, listen. I I just wrote this today in the blog. The Bears last have the 31st or 32nd ranked rush defense. Going in, the Ravens had the last rush offense in the league, and they ran for 147 yards. It means nothing. Ray Rice, stock down. That's it. Uh, I agree. Uh, I also think that he, I just wrote in our sit and starts this week on the Art of Score blog that what you want to do with Ray Rice, unfortunately, is unless you can trade him, which good luck to you because I think people's perceptions haven't changed. Unless you can trade Ray Rice, he's a matchup guy the rest of the way. And his schedule coming down the stretch isn't particularly good for that. He has the Jets, which are, you can't, I mean, the Jets murdered CJ Spiller. <laughs> no, I mean, they're, 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 they're uh, solid rush defense. The Steelers, sure. who are, you know, not a, kind of a below thing. The Vikings are kind of below, but the, the Lions are pretty good against the run. The Pats are meh. The Bengals are tough. So, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't have a terrible rush schedule, but nothing about his performance this year would lead you to believe that he's capable of ripping off some huge games. He had to go until he got to the Bears. I mean, if you want to tell me he's healthier now than he's ever been this season, I'll buy that. Their offensive line sucks. <laughs> yeah. That's what the bottom line is. Their line's bad. He actually, you know, when you, I think the offense in whole is just, it's just no, bad. I mean, I, mean it, I, I mean, it all stems from their line play. They don't have good line play. So let's you know, put it this way: you know that he catches passes. You know he's going to be involved that way. But here's, the, you know, in a PPR league that might be valuable. In a standard non, you know, PPR league, it's tough. His game against the the uh, what was that against the the freaking Bears? <laughs> Sorry, oh, the Bears game last yeah. week. Yeah, we're 131 in a touchdown was the first time all season Ray Rice has gone over 100 yards. Not 100 yards rushing, 100 yards combined in a game. That is ridiculous. You, you, if you've held him this long and you drafted him in the first round, he's broken your heart every week. I guess you hold him because I don't know if you're going to get any trade value for him. He's a matchup guy to me, though. And, Stock and I is think down. He's more of a flex play. You know, you play, you know, bait. Yeah, he's I definitely mean, down. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. What ha- I mean, it just <laughs> amazes me. Well, I know the offensive line's bad, but, I mean, the offensive line has was bad before that, and he's been done pretty good. I mean, he's pretty pretty dynamic. He's just yep. hit that wall. I told wall. you he's a very old 26 or 27 or whatever. He's very old. All right, yeah. next one quick. Um, coming off a performance where he fumbled and was benched, Reggie Bush. Uh, I'm going to say stock down, but I'm also going to say stock. This is a buy stock. You buy this. I'm you buy th- this low if you can. Because there's a lot of negative press about him lately, and he hasn't exactly torn it up. His last, he didn't, he hasn't had his last five games like he had his first <laughs> four. No, so he's a buy candidate for me if you can buy him. If you have him, obviously you keep starting. I think him, he's. But. Oh, it's actually. I think he's not a high or a, or, or a. Uh, he's not down or. The stock is lower than it was. Oh. That was my point. So if yeah. you can buy him, I think you should think. About I mean, I actually saw this stat when I was, uh, you know. I watched the Seattle game last week, or I was watching some of the uh, Detroit game, and they were showing Calvin Johnson's stats versus his stats, and they were absolutely inverted. When Reggie Bush had a good game, Calvin Johnson had a bad game. When Calvin Johnson had a master, ma- monster game, Reggie Bush had a poor game. So they're taking one of them, uh, opposing defenses are taking one of them away, and the other one's having a good game. And so, if you look at his upcoming schedule, it's a great upcoming schedule. He has yeah. the Bucks oh, this yeah. week, then the Packers, then the Eagles then the Ravens, and then the Giants, potentially your championship week. And if your championship week is in week 17, the Vikings. So, I mean, this is a guy that, like, if you can buy, you probably can't buy him cheap. If you can, I would try to buy him cheap. If you own him, you know, let the let the let this little let it ro- minor let it controversy yeah, just, just 
kind of peter out. Um, Benjamin Tate. Jackson. Uh, I'm going to say stock up. I, th- I think I was going to say up. Just because definitely. of the opportunity. Right. I don't I would... think he's playing well, though. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, so unlike, unlike Reggie Bush, who I think stock is temporarily down, but I believe in, I would say that Ben, State's t- ben Tate's stock is up, but I don't believe in it. I mean, if you look at his last game, so three games since Arian Foster went down, he's had 22 rushes for 81, no touchdown, 15 for 56, no touchdown, 19 for 88, you know, and he has added some receiving yards in there against the Raiders. But, it, you know, he, he's playing himself banged up, and it's, it's more than just his ribs. It's, it's other injuries. He had something on else guy. going on today. So I forgot what it was, but he had another thing, yeah. So he's not a, he's not a slam dunk. He gets it. Be, and look, how close are the Texans? They're just like the Falcons, right? How close are the Texans to giving up, completely giving up? And if they completely give up, is Ben Tate? I mean, Ben Tate, I guess his motivation is that he's playing for a contract next year somewhere. But It's, it's funny because I actually own a bunch of these dudes in one league. I own Ben Tate, Reggie Bush, and Chris Ivory all in one this league. This is like the Ron Brown podcast. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even realize it. I mean, I, I'm looking at it now, and you know, one of those guys is out because I also have Alfred Morris and that, and it's just kind of... But, ha- but having said all that, Ben Tate, just kind of like Chris Ivory, has an opportunity to do something and that you can't overvalue that because look at his upcoming, look at Ben Tate, look at the Texans upcoming rush schedule versus the Jags at home versus the Patriots at home at the Jags at the Colts. Then the Broncos are a little tough. And if you play in week 17 at the Titans, that's a great run schedule. If I still had Arian Foster healthy, I'd be doing freaking cartwheels with that schedule. Um, and the very last running back that we're going to go over uh, quickly is Lamar Miller running back out of Miami, who has been actually, and, and it really surprised me is I don't have him in any leagues. I kind of wanted to stay away from him this year. But when I was looking, I think he's when I was looking of... at his stats, though, like he doesn't catch the ball. Like it's like it's it's a real like this, this myth that he gets the ball in the backfield. I think he has ten catches all year. Yeah. Well, which, I mean, he actually has yeah like seventeen, 17 to hundred yeah, yards, yeah. which is nothing. Which is nothing. Yeah, but you know. Uh, but you expected you expected him to be that's what I'm saying. almost like a almost like Ryan or, Matthews or Reggie Bush. I mean, I expected him to take Reggie Bush's place. He caught you know Reggie Bush caught you know, a bunch of balls last year. I think what happened is because Char- uh, the same offense because Charles Clay is such a unique guy that they put him in the backfield a lot. I think yeah. Charles Clay has caught caught a lot of those short running yeah. back type of screens and passes. Out of oh, he has absolutely. But still, you know, I mean, well, I mean, uh, Lamar Miller to me stock is. Way, way down. down. Oh, he, I mean, he, I mean, know. he had a couple of great plays in the you know games in the middle of the season, but you know, since that October, late September run where that he had, he hasn't really. Well, done that much. one week he played the Bengals one week and he broke out. I mean, he had 16 carries for 104 yards and he added four catches for 24 yards, and you thought, okay, this is the moment. That, that's that's the Lamar Miller I expected. Yeah, but he just like right after that he carried. He had seven carries for two yards and two catches for nine yards against the Bucks, and then four for 17. Uh, and two catches for 20 versus the Chargers, and he hasn't had a TD since week four of the regular season. So I just can't believe he did so little against the Chargers. And look at his upcoming schedule. You want to even further stock oh, down. God. He plays the Panthers, then the Jets, both top five rush defenses. The Steelers, yeah, you never know what you're going to get. The Pats, you never know what you're going to get. And then the Bills, who are <laughs> good free run defense. Those are a top 10 team defense this year. Yeah. Oh, all right, Tim, you ready for some wide receivers? Guy, guy who's no. playing right now, Marcus Colston. Uh, is, <laughs> if you asked me probably uh, two games ago, I would say I would 
I would say just just kick him off your roster because he's a piece of garbage. But lately, he's he's actually been good, so I'd I, I'd give him he's up. I mean, he's. I mean, I recommended picking him up in the first segment of this podcast, so he's definitely he's definitely <laughs> yeah. a stock up for me. I mean, last last two games, I mean, he's seven seven for one hundred and seven. Yeah, touch. he's got healthy. I mean, it's what and happened. Then, and then five for five for eighty. So. Yeah, I mean, and so far at halftime tonight, he's still, four for forty. So. And the good news, the good, the good news is, uh, you know, this is a great opportunity to talk about something that we didn't really touch on. I mean, the one thing is not very favorable to him right. is the schedule. But, I, but than, what I was going to say, Tim, is tonight, that it almost doesn't but, matter because uh, what I was going to say is that we didn't touch on this going in. Uh, one thing that we should talk about philosophically is that you want players on teams in the NFL that still have a chance to make the real life playoffs. Because those guys are going to start those guys, and those guys are going to play through pain, et cetera, et cetera. The Saints are going to be playing for a very high playoff seed, and they need to they have all their guys game. all their time. So if Colson's a little banged up or something, they're still going to put him out there. He's still going to go for you. So he actually becomes, in my mind, a very valuable buy, not only because he's finally turning it on himself, but because he's on a team that's competing. Yeah, and if I, he was on Jacksonville, for example, they, they have no problem shelving a guy like that because they're not in it. So you want players that are on playoff teams in real life as well because they're going to play, unless they're running away with it, which is all they're And the thing with the Saints, and if you watch them, is I know their schedule is a little rough, but when they play indoors, whether it's at home or someone else's indoors, they're a totally different offense. They play incredibly well. When they go outdoors, and you know the Jets game is a perfect example. They are not the same team. No. And... And they have that really tough game against Seattle coming up in Seattle. Uh, yeah, which is which is a tough one. But I mean, but the so, other games, the Panthers no. will be fine. They'll be fine against the Panthers. I mean, you they're can playing throw Atlanta, them on the Atlanta, Atlanta. You know what I mean? That's it's a it's a it's a dome game. I think they're playing the Rams in the dome. Yep. Coming up, so you know, I mean, some of the games that might be tough might not be as tough. <laughs> you know. And like we said, Colson should be, if not a low end wide receiver too, maybe a mid mid to high end wide receiver too on the right weeks. Going forward yeah. for your playoffs, so I mean, you stock you, up for me. For yes, sure. absolutely. So you can start him every week and feel good about it, and not really have to worry about him too much. Um, next one, Tavon Austin, wide receiver, Rams. Stock up, this, and I hate this guy, <laughs> but stock uh, up. I would say you stock sell up him now. Too. This yeah. is exactly the marketing room. This is the marketing room of wide receivers. <laughs> sell this guy if you get anything <laughs> off his monster performance. Last game. The only thing that you could, the only thing that you could hope is that he runs. You know, he gets like a kickoff. Well, here's the thing. Something. That's if you're in a league. We got to talk about your scoring system. Tavon Austin helps you a lot in leagues where the yardage is giving to the individual player as opposed to the team defense. If you don't have, if you play in a league where your special teams are exclusively related to your defense, Tavon Austin is a terrible starter usually most yeah. weeks. Now he did have. This is what we're talking about: his stock being up. He had a monster game. Uh, two weeks ago against, against the, the Colts, Colts, yeah, where he had hundred and he had one hundred thirty-eight yards and two touchdowns. But let's really examine that. He had two catches in that game for one hundred thirty-eight yards. So two <laughs> two completely busted coverages, and then some of the worst punt coverage I've ever seen. Let him get let him get a third touchdown if you were in leagues that reward that thing. So he's uber hot right now. Yeah, <laughs> sell him. And this includes you know, this is the first player we'll kind of talk about dynasty value with. Sell him. You shouldn't have taken him. <laughs> you shouldn't have. This has been my personal opinion on this guy since he came into the league. You shouldn't have taken him in the first place. If you're stupid enough to draft him in your dynasty league, <laughs> sell him now. <laughs> yeah. Like, hopefully, maybe he can put two games together where he has a couple big punt returns down the end of the season where no teams are paying attention. Sell him, sell him, sell him. He will never be a consistent producer in this league. No. He'll be Dexter McCluster part two. If you can live with Dexter McCluster, 
I was burned by Dexter McCluster. If you can live, if you can live, if you can live with Dexter McCluster, you know the guy even has less balls than Dexter McCluster. For you know what? Pick up, trade Austin. Pick up Ace Sanders for a fourth round pick from some guy who doesn't really like him that much because they're the same guy. They weigh the same. They're gonna have the same type of career. And Sanders is a better yeah. player. <laughs> Next one. He's a better Percy player. Percy Harvin. Stock up. Stock down. I mean, I think just by just by moving at all, I think stock has to, <laughs> has to go up. But but I mean, for the playoffs, how? So you have you can't. I, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, he, he had, you know you don't have a whole lot you, to go off yeah, of. Yeah, I was just going to say it's the same thing. He's the ultimate. Unknown. He he did look. He I mean he did look good. I mean his he looked like he has a speed there, which you always worry about yeah. with a hip injury. You know whether that's he still has a speed. He looked fast, but you know. With the coming weeks. I have no idea. I'm a Seattle yeah, I would, fan, I would and I have say, no idea yeah. how they're going to use him. He might catch four balls a game. He might have eight touches. I have no idea. I don't think anybody else does. So if you have him, he might be awesome for you, and you might want to drop him in two weeks. And the frustrating thing is, you know, Seattle's a team that's obviously thinking about real-life playoffs and real-life deep runs in the playoffs. And since they're winning games now without a lot of his help, there's nothing to suggest that he's going to see a significant spike in touch. It's not going to be accelerated, in other words. So while he might be valuable to the, by the time you play your late round, you know, playoffs, your divisional playoffs or your championship he's playoffs, he's probably a wide receiver four. He might be letting you down until that point, and you might not be able to get into those rounds if you're relying on him. So he's a great bench player as a speculative pick, but man, you can't have him as your top backup because you just don't know. You just don't oh, know. Boy. He can't be the third guy off your bench or the fourth. You know, if you start three wide receivers, he can't be the fourth. If you start two wide receivers, he can't, he can't be, be the, the third. third you know, if he if he was if they had him doing uh like punt returns and kickoff returns, you know, consistently, and you knew he was going to do that, I would say yeah, yeah possibly. And honestly, I don't think he's going to return kickoffs all the time. I think he's going to be like you know almost like how Daryl Green back in the day was for the Redskins when they put him back at returning punts. Chicago, yeah. Yeah, when when they need a big play or when they you know they you know want a flip field position and things like that, I think that's when they're really going to use him. But uh, so I guess it's stock up, but a tepid. Yeah, yeah I think it's so. like a blip on the way, and it's an encouraging blip. And we all like Harvin the player, but I don't know. I don't and the know next one, guy coming off a monster game, ninety-one yard touchdown catch against the Jaguars last week is Michael Floyd. I like stock Michael up. Floyd. I guess it's just because I'm a. Notre Dame I fan. Too, and I did not believe in this guy. But I think I think he has a ton of potential. I mean, he, he was a fantastic really player in college. I, I mean, he just. <clears throat> I mean, I, I think it. I think it's that offense. I really do. I think just. I, I read an article from. I don't even remember where it was, but they were saying that because of Michael Floyd's emergence this past couple of weeks, they might make Gerald expendable. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I, I, I mean that's kind of crazy. That's, that's, that's kind of no, crazy. I think it's a little talk. crazy to me, but I mean, you know, when you see how much guys get paid and how much you get back for Fitzgerald, right, and, it's not that. And crazy. how close are the Cardinals to doing, you know, what they want to do? You know, I, I, I've been a harsh critic of Michael Floyd since he came out. Um, I didn't really believe in him. I, I say he's impressive. I, I think his stock is up. I'm not a huge believer in him. I do think there's a ton of other guys that could do what he does, uh, including Andre Roberts, who. You know, he's not the same type of player. He's more talented, I think, R.J. Roberts, but he's never, you know, he's behind him in the pecking order. The thing was, the, the reason for the slow start for the Cardinals as a whole is that Carson Palmer at the beginning of the season had a terrible time picking up his secondary receivers. I mean, they were just left out of the whole equation. To, to this point, you know, last year, they had three guys contributing at the wide receiver position. Andre Roberts had a huge year in the slot. Uh, Floyd had an okay year on the outside. Fitzgerald had a good year on the outside. This year, 
it's only he's only capable of involving two wide receivers at a time. You know, Andre Roberts' big games are when Floyd's been hurt and vice, you know, vice yeah, versa. Yeah, yeah, been- Carson Palmer is not at the stage in his career anymore where he can get that third guy involved, which is disheartening. But if you're Michael Floyd, you're going to reap the benefits of that because you're on top of the depth chart right now. So as far as the second wide receiver goes, you stock up. All right. Um, tight ends. First one, Jordan Cameron, who has surprised everybody this year with some uh, – Really gaudy numbers in the beginning of the year, but he has since cooled off tremendously. Tim, what do you think? I think he's uh, he's still a. Uh, I think he's up. I mean, you can't. He's been so. I mean, fairly consistent. He's just had had those big games like he had in the beginning of the season. Um, I think he's still. I, I think he's still a tight end one. I mean, you oh, can't yeah, not I, start I, him. Such a dynamic player. I mean, uh, I think uh, he's. Still stock up, but I mean, he's gone from like a top five tight end to more of a five to ten range tight end, I think. Stock and, down. And- <laughs> stock down. I mean, there's no other way to put it, right? He was up on a cliff and now he's coming back down the cliff and it's not his fault. But if you look at his target numbers, this is what concerns me. His target numbers with Brandon Whedon and or Brian Hoyer in the lineup were up around 10 a game. Now with Jason Campbell in there. They're down to about five a game. He's cutting his targets in half. Some weeks he can, do, he can survive that, like when he had four catches for like 81 a couple of weeks ago. But his last two weeks, you know, he's got two catches, four catches for under 15 yards. You know, you, where he was a steady Eddie as a safety valve for these young quarterbacks, he's no longer a safety valve. So now your production from that tight end spot, he's become a, lot, a whole lot more risky starting week to week. I also wonder how much is a defensive scheming against him, scheming him out of the game. I think there's something to be said for the fact that, you know, you can believe in Cameron and you can say, well, it'll take Jason Campbell a little time. Maybe, maybe because they've been behind in some of these games, the coaches really have to get in Campbell's ear and say, hey, we got a weapon, use him. That's a fair point. And certainly, and certainly he's going to have big games the rest of the season. But I think he's correcting himself to the mean of where he actually is as a football player, which, as Ron said, is probably more... 5 to 10 fantasy tight end, probably more like 8 to 10, but because he had such a hot start, he might stay a little bit yeah, ahead of that. I think he's at round 4 in most leagues, 4 to 5. So, right now, to me, his stock is down. If you own him, like Tim said, I don't think you can't start him unless you have a similar tight end who's come out of nowhere. Like, I would play Jordan Reed over him based on matchups. If Jordan Reed were healthy, he's not healthy right now. But, but you know, it's not clear to me that, he, that Cameron's involved in the offense anymore, which is a big concern. Um, next tight end, Forty's uh, favorite. Yeah. Uh, actually, two of your favorites are coming up. Uh, J- Jared, oh, Jared Cook. Wait, wait for the rant. Uh, I actually think that Cook is. You can't say stock down. There's no, no possible no. way you can say. Well, stock his down. stock did get a little boost because his last game he actually caught a touchdown pass. But uh, he's working with Kellen oh. Clemens people. <laughs> here's, I the know. here's the thing. I don't doubt his talent. I just doubt his production. Uh, yeah, again, this is a guy who. Just this dunk guy his I heart. like a lot. He's always like the fast, like not the fast. He's always one of the most athletic looking guys on the field. But the Rams, oh, the Rams. These are the guys who drafted Tavon Austin, okay? They don't have a clear sense of what they want to do with this guy. They never have. Now the season's a complete shit show with Kellen Clemens in there, although at least Clemens is looking for him from time to time. He's a stock down from where he was in the preseason. We all thought he was, well, I thought he was going to be you thought after everyone week one, else did. everybody did. He had that great game. <laughs> he, had a, he dominated. 
And then the Rams forgot that they were going to use him the rest of the season because that's the fucking Rams. <laughs> the Rams are one of the worst run <laughs> offensive franchises I've ever seen in my life. This is the this is the team, this is the team that had Daryl Richardson starting for six fucking weeks. They're a bad, badly organized offensive football team. So you got to throw that shit out the window. He hasn't gone over forty five yards since week yeah, one. But my point is that that's their fault. <laughs> like, uh, this is a, this is a case stop where stop defending Jared Cook. This stop I defending know. the Rams. What have the Rams done? <laughs> what the hell did What the hell did he do in the, at the Titans when he was there? Jared Cook no, is he had, he had, by your boner for Rob. He had, he had Jake. He had Jake <laughs> Locker as his fucking quarterback. No one's doing anything with Jake Locker. Do- Nobody. Nobody, Tim, oh. nobody. <laughs> look, at what, look at what Jared Cook did the first week of the season when the Rams remembered he was in the playbook. All right. And he's still in the playbook, and he still does not Rob Hauser, up, up is obviously up. We talked about him earlier. Yeah. I mean, for me, he's an ad in deep leagues, <laughs> and you hope he goes. You hope he, you hope, look, if he gets seven you, points you out of him a week. hope he continues to trend upwards like he's been at. And you hope that you know. if you own him in a dynasty league, as I do, you hope that the next quarterback is better Involving the secondary wide receivers. <laughs> yeah. And the next one's uh, Delaney Walker, who we already talked about, who's obviously, yeah, we, we already talked about him. Too. Yeah, stock, stock up, up. Obviously. None of those guys, though, I mean, Walker and Hausler, they're not plug-and-play automatics. They're matchups. you got to hope a little bit with those guys as well. Um, But they're definitely... You really well, have to both, both of them really, you know, have changed massively from the beginning of the year, and that's kind of what I was getting Wait, at. Until Cook guys. drops a 40-burger on you next year. <laughs> yeah, keep... Yeah. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I won't hold my breath. Quarterbacks. Um, man, <laughs> feel bad. Um, first one, uh, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, I mean, I I'm surprised wow. by by Ka- Kaepernick. Actually, I thought he would progress to a point where I didn't think he'd do what he did last year consistently because that was a pretty extreme level. <clears throat> that was especially for a yeah. young player. But I mean, he's been ba- like straight up bad. Right. But he looked, I mean, he looked, what was promising is he looked really good in the preseason. He was making a lot of his touch throws, which was something he had a problem well, with. Well, he had a yeah. week one. He had a great week one in Green Bay, yeah. But, yeah. And that's it. But, I mean, you have to you have to counter in, you know, let's, a lot of these quarterbacks we're going to talk about are not guys that are and I'm themselves talking having fantasy. bad. I'm, striking straight, I'm talking right. straight fantasy here. I mean. They're not having bad years in the sense that they don't know what the hell they're doing. I think, I mean, Kaepernick has had a lot of bad throws lately. I mean, if you watch the games. It's it's been pretty bad, but again, who's he? Th- I mean, who's he throwing the ball to? Yeah, he doesn't have the weapons around. They, they're running a Pop Warner offense. Like a single, they should just go to the they should just go to the single <laughs> wing on every play and off balance the, the line. Team. You know, uh, and and so stock way down this year, way down this year from where you probably drafted him. Dynasty leaguers hold and have faith, man. Yeah, I mean, he's another. The only uh, the only thing with him you can hope is that uh, Crabtree comes back the same thing he was and too much for me to hope, man. No, this, for, for 2013, and, 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 it's too and, much for me. It's a lot, especially coming off an Achilles and your receiver. Uh, I don't know. That's that's it's a lot. You might. I mean, you might be able to sell him for. I mean, I, know, I think you're better off buying him than selling him right now if you can, if you believe in him. But I mean, unless I, you have a Niner fan in your league, or um, next one, RG three. Same kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, he's actually putting up really good fantasy numbers. I mean, he's actually... He's been on fire in fantasy lately, actually, if you don't... If you miscount a game a couple weeks ago, but... Yeah, I mean, he's actually been pretty solid, you know, fantasy-wise, but, I mean, if you watch his games in real life, you're just like, oh, God. Well, what's happening with RG3 is is a a bunch of things. One is that the media perception of him is way skewed off of what's happening right now. They built... And I saw this as a Skins fan, and I hated it. 
I watched them build this guy up last year when he was having a great year. And he had a great year last year. It wasn't deniable. But I watched them build this guy up. And in the back of their fucking minds, this is how the media works. If you haven't caught on by now, they love they loved to, t- to freaking build people up so that they can fucking whack them down the first chance they get. Because they love that bullshit drama, you know, this roller coaster or whatever. And that's what's happening with RG3. The team is sucking as a whole. The offense is, is not designed well for him. Shanahan and him are not a good fit. They were last year because it was so predicated on the running game. But as they're opening Robert up, he missed a whole offseason rehabbing his his leg. So he hasn't had the ability or the time to really pick apart his second reads. He doesn't understand protections. I mean, these are all things that like a quarterback should know. If I'm a fantasy owner of Robert Griffin, I've been bailed out by garbage time the last couple of weeks. And I feel really awesome about that because he puts up like 30 points in garbage time for you fantasy wise. But I'm scared as shit. He's not a he's not a lockdown playoff quarterback now because if he doesn't throw those late touchdown passes against the Eagles, he's on pa- place for like a ten point game. Yeah, so it's scary. Stock down. If it, if you're in a dynasty league, it might be an okay time to buy him. But I don't know. It's, it's, you it's, hope, it's, have to. I I would say this. I'm a Skins fan. I would say that I hope the next uh, offensive coordinator that we get in there is going to open it up for him. And by open it up, I mean, I would love to see him play in a Chip Kelly type of offense. If, if RG3 was married to Chip Kelly, you'd be talking about a fantasy god. But because he's with Mike Shanahan, it's not going to work out until whenever they get rid of Shanahan. Um, next one, Tommy Brady. Ouch. <laughs> oh. One man near and dear to my heart. stock is level. It's leveling. Yeah. It's level. It's, uh, I, it's yeah, I don't think it's off. gone. Like it was, it was trending downward, and now it's leveling off. I mean, the one thing that it's amazing is he only has 14 touchdowns. That's the one that is extremely low it for is. him. But I mean, not having Gronk is obviously you know in Vereen and some of their other weapons. He only has two 300 yard games, over 300 yard games. He's his completion percentage is the lowest it's ever been in his entire career at 58. Yep. 58.7, which is crazy I mean, low, really, considering he's been around 63, 65. But, I mean, I mean, think about this. I mean, their wide receivers are absolute shit. I can't put it any other way. I mean, I I, I appreciate their potential, but they're poop. Well, you got to like the fact that, you know, that Dobson's got, coming on a little bit, and you got, you know, well, Vereen is back. coming back, and that's going to be a big part of it. And you got Gronk back, and then Amendola seems to... Healthy for this so week, I almost, so. I almost want to say. I mean, you, I'm up. glad you're mo- you're more optimistic than the Patriots fan. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're analytical <laughs> about these things. We we are. Uh, I think from a fantasy perspective, actually, now that I've kind of talked myself into it, he's not only leveling off. I think he gets a slight bump, not a crazy bump up, but a little bump up because he's got his weapons back. As long as those guys, as long as Vereen and Gronk stay healthy, and and Amendola plays, you know, at least three more games, <laughs> uh, Tom Brady should move back into the top ten. Or a top maybe top twelve fantasy quarterbacks this year. It's going to be a tough road to make up for the ground he's already lost. But from here on out, he could be a great play for you. Um, next, one of my favorite players in higher NFL, oh, Eli Manning. My goodness, this stock guy! Up. What a shitstorm! It's crazy. I don't even want to say stock up, but it's stock <laughs> up. Just like how he misses receivers, he misses them up. He misses them high. I can't believe it. It drives me nuts. I can't believe they won four straight games. That's a conversation yeah, for a whole who other they, podcast. Who, who they beat? They have beaten the four worst quarterbacks in the history. <laughs> yeah. they, they, and I'm not <laughs> exaggerating. They, they've beaten Josh Freeman, Matt Barkley, <laughs> Scott Tolzien, and who is the other guy who's also garbage? Oh, man, who did they play? Why am I drawing a blank? 
Oh, is it Teal? Oh, uh, no, it's Pryor. Oh, that's... oh Terrell Pryor. <laughs> Who basically handed them that game on a yeah. platter. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's playing better than he did. It's stock up for him, but he's still probably a quarterback, too. And and possibly a one, depending on his matchup. I mean, he has some good matchups coming up. I mean, he's going to play the Redskins twice <laughs> coming down the stretch. And the Redskins have, like, the 31st pass defense in the league. He's going to play the Cowboys this weekend. Cowboys have a terrible pass defense. So he's get, And the Eagles, I think, I think they play the Eagles one more time, which would mean that they're playing a, a below-average Eagles secondary. So... Is he awful? Yes. He has 10 touchdowns and 17 interceptions this year. But that... 12 He's 12 touchdowns. now? That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I, think coming down, I, think coming down the, I think coming down the stretch, he'll, he'll actually score more touchdowns and interceptions. So. Oh, and, and the very last one, um, Matty Ice. Stock down. Bail out of that sucker. Yeah, what, what a mess. Yeah. Like terrible offensive yeah, line. You're one of the best receivers in the league is hurt. I mean, well, your your running you got game no running sucks game. too. I mean, Stephen Jackson's back. Yeah, that team but, is about. I mean, what do you expect from a broken thirty year old? Ronnie White is not back. healthy, even though he's playing. You know, it's just and that team. Julio I mean, and that's Jones. the other thing, right? We were talking about that team is about to quit too. So that's the problem, you know. Like these guys are real human beings. They're affected by what goes on on the field. They're not just these fantasy plug and play guys. So they don't have to play up to their potential every week if they're if they don't feel like it. And the Falcons are on the verge, like the Texans, of complete collapse. They thought they were going to have a great seasons. They're having terrible seasons. And what's to really keep Matt engaged? Really, to be honest with you, he has to overcome all these difficulties now. What's he gets to really hit keep him in a there? lot too? I mean, I'm worried about him last last of the year. I mean, you know, I watched him play last week against Tampa, and then you know the week before against Seattle, and like he he got blasted a. And I think like what you're going to see from him too is if you're if you're a fantasy owner, no one's going to buy him from you. <laughs> you're going to have to play matchups with him and whoever your backup quarterback is, and that's going to be one of your more agonizing decisions depending on who your backup quarterback is. So, for example, if you you know if you oh, own okay. him and Roethlisberger, you might be playing Roethlisberger more often than not, which is yeah. crazy to say. But no, but he's 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 actually been really. I mean, he had 400 yards last week. So I would say stock. Down, but so down that I don't, I don't think if you own him, you can't do anything with toilet. <laughs> he just hope for next year that it's better that they get an offensive line. I, and think, a running I mean, back. I think Julio Jones makes him a thousand times better when he comes back, but that's not how. Yeah, but you still have the you still have that offensive line and no no run game to speak yeah, of. Yeah, well, you have a draft to address that stuff. You have, I mean, that that hurts. I, I'm not I'm not down on his yeah. long term prospects. I'm just down on him for the rest of this year, which is bad. <laughs> Gonna be bad. That is it. That was the uh, playoff push podcast for the Art of Score. Uh, follow us at artofscore.wordpress.com. Follow us on Twitter, Art of Score, and like us on Facebook. Search for Art of Score, and we're there. I am Ron Brown with Mike Forty, yo, and Tim Brown, and we're the Art of Score. See you next time. <laughs>